Everyone has something that they're passionate about. For Dr. Jelagat Chariot, science is her life's calling. But the way she discovered her passion might surprise you. Like we use cow dung to smear the house and keep it, you know, keep um, fleas away. And so on Saturdays, I would wake up and grab a bucket and go and pick up cow dung, like cow poop. If I didn't wake up early enough, then the beetles, the dung beetles would beat me to it. So it's like, I think of it now, like I was competing with beetles for cow poop. <laughs> that is why I became a scientist. <laughs> That's Dr. Chariot, and she's pretty spectacular. As a professor at Tulane University, Dr. Chariot inspires young minds to look closely at the world around them, ask questions, and demonstrate their knowledge. And as a woman of color working in a predominantly white field, Dr. Chariot hopes people of all ages use that same natural curiosity to raise questions about the prejudices we hold. I recently got the chance to sit down with Dr. Chariot and discuss her love of teaching science, her formative years in Kenya, and racial prejudice in the scientific community. Now, during this interview, we talk about racism. Racism is a big concept, and it can't really be simplified into one small definition. But for the purpose of our discussion, we'll describe racism as the belief that race determines human traits and abilities, and that these racial differences make some races better than others. Obviously, this belief is wrong and harmful, but many people still believe it's true, which leads to social, political, and economic divides. We also discuss the impact of judging or making assumptions about someone based on their gender. This is called sexism. Unfortunately, as a woman of color in the science community, Dr. Chariot has experienced prejudice based on many parts of her identity. This conversation may make you feel a lot of strong emotions, and that's okay. The important thing is that we're talking about these things. We're acknowledging what's wrong, and we're working to make things better. And to help us with that, here's Dr. Chariot. I am Jalagat Chariot. I am a professor at Tulane in the Department of Ecology and Evolutionary Biology. I study and teach with the systems of insects and plants. And so constantly, whether I'm looking at the plant biology or looking at entomology, but also I look at both systems and how they interact, the plant and insect interaction, but also look at the interactions between humans and insects and look at interactions between plants and humans. I also teach conservation biology and that is, you know, another class that I'm very passionate about. And I love teaching. You know, I love research, but I love teaching. And there are days that I'm just like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm awake. And then I walk into the class and I'm like, oh, I'm in the playground of knowledge. And I just become, you wouldn't even guess that I was this person walking up the stairs. And in the class, it's just like, this transformation and sometimes I walk out I'm like I really got into it. What made you want to become a teacher in the first place? I did not want to become a teacher that's the funny part 
through my undergrad, I'm just like, I am going to do research. I don't want to teach. And I was given, when I started the master's, they said, you're going to be a teaching assistant and you're going to teach the biology, intra-biology lab. I looked at my advisor, who was then the chair of the department. I'm like, Dr. Ballinger, why would you do that to me? <laughs> I don't want to teach. <laughs> and she said, you know what? Just do it. I mean, this is what's paying for your education. I was like, you know what? Okay, that's fine. I'll teach. And the first week of classes, given I sat in, you know, I went to the lab and I sat down in the bench. Students came in and they thought I was one of the students. And then I got up and I'm like, okay, this is what we're doing. And I was like, I really enjoyed that. And then the next week, same thing. So it took only like two weeks. And I was just like, I want to teach. And Dr. Chariot has been teaching ever since. She was a teaching assistant for eight years while earning her degrees. She received her master's and undergraduate degrees from Columbus University and her doctorate from Auburn. After college, she taught at a high school. And now she works as a professor at Tulane University in New Orleans, helping other young scientists on their collegiate journeys. Though she came to the U.S. for college, Dr. Chariot spent her formative years in Kenya. So I grew up in Kenya and went to high school and came to the U.S. post-secondary to study in college. So what was it like moving from Kenya to the U.S. as far as environment-wise, people-wise, just all the above? It was a shock uh, because there are lots of body language that are different. Uh, so when you're interacting with people, it's you have to learn even just the basic gestures like, you know, somebody doing this. Dr. Chariot held up her hand and curled her fingers down towards her palm. And then she repeated the motion. Means bye in the Southern culture. But in Kenya, that would mean come here. So at the beginning, when somebody would do this, I'm like running to them. <laughs> and hand gestures weren't the only thing that was different from life in Kenya. Food is so different. Um, I'm used to really fresh food. Uh, you, you know, it's like, oh, it's time for dinner. And we would either, if you live in the town, you go into really outside of your neighborhood or even in your neighborhood and somebody's selling vegetables they just picked in their garden. Did you spend a lot of time in nature when you were growing up? That is really why I became a scientist. You know, like for me, I grew up in the village. So it's like, okay, are we having collards for dinner or cabbage or traditional vegetables? And it's like, okay, here's a basket. You know, you run off and you pick it. So everything was picked right there. And then, and then you cut it. So you only picked what you could eat. So I'm like, why does this grow this way? Why is, why is you know, if you look at cabbage and collards, they're in the same, they're brassicaceae. They look alike when they're younger, but then as they grow, this one forms this ball. And this one here just like has different form. It doesn't even have to be in a village. Like you can go to your backyard. Like right before as I was waiting for our meeting to start, I looked under the flower beds to see what's growing. And I found, I think I took pictures of five different types of mushrooms. And it's just like, you don't even have to go away. You don't have to, I mean, I just went down to the, you know, the end of the steps and then like, oh, here. Moving to the United States was a big change for Dr. Chariot. 
she experienced many new customs and foods. Some good, some bad, but all that took some getting used to. Unfortunately, another thing she began to experience was racism. Growing up in a small tribal village in Kenya, everyone's skin was a different shade of brown. In her village, there was no prejudice or hate over race. The same cannot be said about America. And so I wanted to start by like asking if you've, as an African-American female, if you've experienced prejudice in this industry. So one thing, I am really, I'm not yet, I'm not an American, so I'm African. <laughs> Although everywhere you see, like in, you know, as an employee, I'm Af you know, listed as African-American. But um, being an entomologist or being a natural uh, scientist is very much like still considered, it's a man's job. And I mean, I've been asked the question of what is something you should be, you know, going into molecular biology or you should go into med school or uh, pharmacy school or such. When I say, oh, this is what I'm studying. And I get this, like people just like taken aback, like, you know, why? And, you know, I mean, it's the question of, as a Black woman, you should be doing this other thing. I mean, there's also the sense of, as a woman uh, from Kenya, I have been told that I should be more interested in having children than chasing bugs around. When I asked Dr. Chariot about her experience as an African-American, I made a mistake. I assumed she identified a certain way because of her skin color. I was mistaken, and I'm glad that she corrected me, because now I can learn from that mistake, which is awesome. The best thing that we can do after making a mistake is learn and change our behavior for the future. I've had a conversation with a white professor when I was doing my PhD, who said that he has always considered Black people to be lazy. And for him, he thought that you know, that what is wrong with these Black people? They're lazy. And he's telling this to me working in a lab on a Saturday. So I'm lazy enough as a Black woman that I would come to a lab on a Saturday to do my experiments. And so again, that, you know, you don't, we don't earn the place we're in, that it has to be that they're adding diversity. Not that we were smart enough or talented enough to be in that place, you know, to be in the position that we're in. What that professor said to Dr. Chariot was racist. He made a hurtful statement about millions of people based on his own experiences. This is called a generalization. For example, if someone named Bill was mean to me, and I said all people named Bill are mean, that would be a generalization. We shouldn't assume something about a group of people based on our personal experience. We need to look at everyone as an individual because that's who they are, individuals. Have you seen things starting to improve? If so, what kind of, what kind of action is bringing that improvement around? Um, I don't know about saying that it improved because I feel like people are becoming even more out there now with racial treatment, with their racial biases. But I see, for example, just looking at different institutions right now, you go to Instagram, 
you will see that there's the black students at Tulane, black students at this and this. Uh, I'm sure there's one, there probably is one, black students at LSU. And they're posting the racial injustice that's happening every day. And these are mostly even posted by current students. And it is outrageous. And it almost feels like either I was in a bubble that I was not paying attention to what was happening as much as a student. And actually, a lot of my classes, I was either the only Black person, Black woman, you know, or maybe one of two also. But it was just now I see it more. And yet, at the same time, I don't see a lot of action coming from the white students in the same. You know, they're not, there's no post whatsoever about, hey, listen, this is what's happening to our classmates of color. It's like they're these two parallel universes that are going on. With that in mind, how can we be better advocates? Listening and also using your voice in that space. So if it's in the classroom and you see one of your classmates that is being treated badly because of the racial difference or because they're Black, they don't have the power in that. And there's the shock of what the heck just happened. And so you, as a person with privilege, is to say, you know what? No, let's talk about it. This is wrong. There's been cases where a student says, you know what, professor, that is racist. Or, you know, hey, teacher, you know, that's really racist. And the, they either tell them that it doesn't really matter or they just, everybody just pauses for a second and then they go on and nothing is addressed. But being able to say, pause, we need to talk about this and how wrong this is. And that people become aware of being held accountable. And then, you know, outside in the work you know, workplace or in the street is to hold people accountable for their actions and say, no, this is what you're doing is wrong and this needs to change. It's not the lack of awareness. It's more of I can get away with it. I've been trying to learn a lot about what it means to be a better advocate in this time. And I know there's times where I'm not doing enough. What can I do to to help but also knowing that just because I'm a white woman doesn't mean I can fix everything. Like this is not, here I come. I have the power to save the day or to tell your story. It's like, no, we need to listen to the people that it's affecting and hear their story and then learn from them how we can be better advocates. We need change, but how do we make change happen? You know, how do we, so it's like, you know, you wake up and you make the goals for your day. Like this, I might, this is my list of what I need to accomplish. So the same thing of in even with your, you know, with friends or at work of this is what we need to change. And this is how we have to make this change happen. And there's no other acceptable way of going on. And I think in many ways, too, you have to remember this. There there are people who are going to be in the front lines and there are going to be people who are needed for the support in the background like you. Because it's pretty much like they're in the front lines, but now having somebody to talk to, to sound off and say, okay, this is what I'm doing. So not all of us are going to be holding the mic and and talking because there are going to be people who are keeping the lines, you know, everything going. 
And so you can be an active participant without being right on the podium and in jumping in the front. And I think I'm like, am I contributing enough? You know, what am I doing? You know, am I contributing teaching a, a predominantly white school? You know, should I be at a black school teaching where I can inspire? What is my role? And that's something that it's like we'll continue to wrestle with. And, you know, we want our days, we want our life to have a meaning. And the day that you do think that you've done enough, then there's something wrong. Thank you for listening to the special episode of Nature Nerds. Today's guest was Dr. Jelagat Chariot. We hope this episode inspires you to have an open and honest dialogue with your loved ones about racism and advocacy. We understand that conversations about race might seem challenging, but that's exactly why we need to have them. Remember, it's okay to not have all the answers. I sure don't, and that's okay. I'll continue learning by asking those who are most deeply affected and sharing my platform so that they're heard. If you're looking to be an advocate for our friends of color in the scientific community, start by seeking out their stories and work and then share it just like we did today. You can start right now by checking out a story from friend of the show, Kia Williams. Link in the episode description. And for our awesome nature nerd parents, please check out our website for additional resources on how to talk to your little ones about racism, prejudice, and advocacy. Until next time, stay kind and considerate, nature nerds.